Hey everybody and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. We are but a humble podcast that enjoys talking about movies, not in a pretentious way, but as if you just got done watching a great movie and now you want to talk about it with your best good buddies. And of course, as always, I'm joined by my best good buddies, so let me introduce you to them. First up, you know him, you love him, it's the man, it's the myth, it's the legend, it is Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. Hello, Mr. Key. And of course, you know her, she's the ever so lovely, the ever so talented. Hey, it's Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hi, Dad. Mr. Key, uh, if for those of you who don't know, it's Lindley's father. He was very jealous that he did not get any sort of special treatment last episode. I didn't feel like your mom got special treatment last episode. Well, she got a couple shout outs. I mean, well, she's, well, she's now, she's now like, you know, the, the honorary, you know, fourth host as far as getting called out. <laughs> because, you know, I can't, I can't curse in front of this key. Nope. I mean, I, I still end up doing it, but. <laughs> <laughs> she she, she uh, commented on something I shared on Facebook um, with a podcast with one of you two cursing. She's like, mm, someone's getting a bar of soap in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> but, but today, today is for dad. And by today is for dad, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff he really doesn't care about. I was about to say, I was like, because <laughs> at the beginning of, at, when we were doing our pre-production meeting, Lindley was like, we, we got to make sure that we, we dedicate this episode to my dad. I was like, all right, great. Is there anything on this list that, you know, he really likes? We'll talk it up. And looking at the list, <laughs> no, he's a Western guy. He likes so, his, his so Zombieland. Uh, John Wayne. Zombie, no. <laughs> Zombieland is... It's not his kind of Western. Oh. Not that I don't think he saw the first one. Dad, if you haven't seen Zombieland, you would enjoy it. Please watch it. <laughs> it has Bill Murray in it. It does have Bill Murray in it. In one of, like, the best cameos you could ever put Bill Murray in. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, audience, if this is your first time listening to the show, you're getting a little taste of what we bring to the table. We love talking about movies. We got a great lineup for you. We're going to be talking uh, a whole bunch of different trailers. We're going to be talking about that very terrifying Cats trailer. Um, I already mentioned it earlier. We're going to talk about Zombieland. Uh, We're going to talk about the new movie, Harriet, um, about Harriet Tubman. In case you didn't hear about it, you need to keep this on your radar. Uh, and then, of course, for our main event, you guessed it. Guess what? We got to talk about Comic-Con because everybody else is. <laughs> so why not? Why not give our two cents about it? Um, you know how we do things here. We like to get all up in arms about movies that don't really matter. Um, because guess what, y'all? I was mentioning this on a, on a show I was just guesting on. I'll give them a little shout out later. Um, but I was guesting on the show, and uh, one of the questions was, uh, you know, why should people listen to Popcorn Prattle? Why should you tune in? Um, and the one thing that I thought about was, you know, you, you turn on the news anymore. There's always bad stuff. 
You go on Twitter, there's bad stuff. You go on Facebook, there's bad stuff. Everyone's yelling at everybody. Everybody's getting all up in arms with everybody. Um, but you know what, though? Life is too short. And there's a lot of, and there's still a lot of good out there in the world. And one of the good things that's happening in this world is all the good that's co- going on screen. Now, not to say that it's all spectacular, but you can at least get up in arms about that. And then maybe it might make going through your day, going through your week a little bit easier. So hopefully you're going to take a little break with us and, um, yeah, and enjoy Amen. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was good. That was beautiful, yeah. sir. And if you and if you like the show, if you really like the show and you you liked my little speech, uh, here's what I encourage you to do. I want you to press pause real quick. I want you to go on to iTunes. I think there's a new format now when it comes to it's Apple Podcasts. So it's Apple Podcasts that you got to go to now. Listen, Apple Podcasts. And I need you to hit that subscribe button. All right. I need you to like. I need you to comment. I need you to leave us a review. Leave us five stars, ten stars, whatever you want. I want you to go into Spotify. I want you to go into Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Go everywhere you can in order to let people know and let us know that you enjoy listening to the number one film talk podcast on the internet. Okay? Don't at me. And you can, but don't at me about number one pot. We are in my mind okay <laughs> Stephen Lindley uh I'm so excited to get back in the booth with you guys are you ready ready I am ready guys let us prattle so first off uh, I did not mention it we're gonna start we're gonna try something a little different normally we uh normally we save this for the end um but I I want to I want to kick it off by talking about the movie, talking about a movie like a movie review, and in particular, let's talk about that Lion King though. Um, it is Wolf. the remake. It <laughs> it's out <laughs> again. Um, it's it's there. Um, I think it's Lindley, there. That, that's a that's a good way of putting it. It's there. Lindley, you you put it. You put it perfectly on your Facebook. What exactly did you say? I said, uh, forgive me while I go back and find the post because I can't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. It's okay. So this is what I said. Despite the stunning animation and one or two good moments, save your money and watch the animated one at home because it's the exact same movie. Shot (sighs) for shot. Beat for beat, line for line, with a few exceptions on Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen's part. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the exact same thing. And here's the thing. No matter what you feel about movies like the Beauty and the Beast remake or the Aladdin remake, at least they took some risks. Yes. Beauty and the Beast tried to add to the mythos, to add to like the complexity of the curse. They tried to make Bill an adventure. It didn't go anywhere, but they tried. Mm-hmm. Aladdin, they added some character development for Jasmine. They had some new songs, uh, some new little plot points here and there. So they, they tried to make it different. Right. This is a lifeless, just, it's a lifeless, heartless carbon copy of the original. Mm-hmm. 
the the animation is stunning. I'm not discrediting that. I mean, you look at the film and you just watch it. If you watch it on pause, you're just it's breathtaking what they can do with this technology because it is really impressive. But yeah. because it is so impressive and it is so realistic and lifelike, the what you're seeing on screen does not match the emotion that is coming out of the voices. Yes, absolutely. It doesn't fit and it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Like it's just plain faces on these animals, not emoting except for what's coming out of their mouths. Right. And that, that for me, you know, especially in those scenes where Simba, especially when he's younger, we need we need to see that emotion on his face. It's very important. And on Scar especially, there are mm -hmm. so many there are so many things that he's saying that you know he's saying it to Zazu, but we know we know that he means something else. And one of the ways that we saw that in the original cartoon was from his face and mm -hmm. what he was doing with his face. Yeah. In this, however, like he was saying one thing, but unless you knew the movie I feel like for a young kid it would be hard for them to understand that Scar is the bad guy from day one and there were a lot of kids in there who you know I could I could tell for a lot of them which again I've always said I think that's what these movies are for I think they're for a new generation for a lot of these kids I think that this was their first time seeing it they would and be it was kind of like tears yeah yeah I was like, this does not do the original film justice. Mm -hmm. Like, that, like, I remember so much. Like, I, I just can't wait to be king, right? When yes! the music kicks up, I got so excited. I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. And then what happened? They just Nothing. ran around. They were running around. Yes. You know, I remember all those colors and, like, you know, the, the tricking of Zazu. I, the whole time I was like, how did they lose Zazu? Like, how did he lose them? Because <laughs> nothing happened. Nothing happened for him to lose them. So, I don't know. It was just... You're right, Lindley. I think I think that they... If you're going to do that, then add something, add something to it. I loved Beauty and the... I didn't get to see Aladdin yet, but I saw Beauty you, and the Beast. I think you might like Aladdin. I think I might. I think I might. Because here's the thing. I, I thought back on it. I actually did like Beauty and the Beast. Uh, okay. I loved. I loved what. I loved that it. It felt. It felt different enough for me that I didn't feel like like you said earlier. I didn't feel like I was watching a carbon copy of the cartoon. There was enough in there that made me go, "Okay, all right, I like this." Um, Same. And. And then, oh, and another thing too, um, you know that you know talking about Beauty and the Beast because I because I've seen um, or at least I know the music from from the Broadway version of it, uh, and I don't know if they added anything from the Broadway version to Aladdin, but the Lion King, I'm like, you have an opportunity to incorporate some of the new songs into your movie, and you don't. Where no, was my morning report song? Where, Where was he lives I in you? I thought he lives in you was supposed yes! to be in the movie, but it wasn't. But mm -hmm. we got what, a wait. We why would a, they not include that? Because they had to make because they had to make room for a really 
cruddy Beyonce song. Oh, that doesn't yeah. fit in at all with the rest no. of the movie. No, not at all. Like you know that that music Blam. in the original when he's running back to Pride Rock is so epic. Mm-hmm. And then they mm-hmm. replaced it with Spirit by Beyonce, which, I mean, Beyonce is Beyonce. And Boy. she was Beyonce in this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't like Beyonce. I That was the one casting choice that I was like, you could have cast anybody else in that role and it would have been better. You could have cast Jennifer Hudson in that role and it probably would have been better. Because at least, at least <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson, Hudson can act. This would have been a better cat for her to play than the other cat she's going to be playing soon. Mm. Is it too late for them to switch? We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll get there. <laughs> well, I just remember when the trailer started appearing thinking like, okay, there's a red flag here. If this was a like college film that a student had made, it would be breathtaking. It would be groundbreaking because the focus would be on the visuals. But the fact that it's coming from a multi-billion dollar company like Disney, who has all the resources in the world at their disposal, why would you not use them? It does a disservice to, for the most part, a really great cast, really great actors, uh, a really great uh, writers from the original film. um, And just, you know, carbon copy it. That just, it's so disappointing because all it really is is just, a rebranding for, you know, kids today. And like, they don't like if they had never seen the cartoon, they don't even realize half the emotions they're missing out on. Exactly. Which is really disappointing. Yep. A friend of mine had said that it's similar to what you're saying, Steven, if, if Disney or if someone would have just put this out of just the opening number, if this was just a thing they put on YouTube to go viral of just the opening number done up like they did, mm-hmm. it would have been ju- just that. Yeah. I would have been okay with it. A entire film, not worth it. There, And I know we've ragged on this, but I have to give some props. Hmm. I really enjoyed Seth Rogen and um, Billy Eichner. Oh, As man. to Mona Puma. Billy Eichner, I did not know he could sing that well. No, not when, at all. During his parts during Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Because they leave in the Timon and Pumbaa parts. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play it comical. Like, he actually sings it. And I'm like, all right, Billy Eichner. Yeah. He's got yeah. a great voice. And the moments that they let them improv are the best in the film. Why? Mm. Because it's different. Yeah. It's yeah. something different. And I was just, it's, it's boring. It's boring. It's lifeless. It's heartless. And I hate seeing that because I love a lot of the people involved. I love John Favreau. I love Donald Glover. I love, uh, Chiwita Ejiofor. I, it, it it's was, just sad. It was, a, it was a waste of their talent. And the kid, um, the kid voice actors were good. Yeah. But the I things mean, that they're saying don't match with the CGI. I I even I even went as far as I was telling Stephen and Anna this when they were visiting. There's a theater up here called Synetic Theater, mm-hmm. and they won a lot of awards. But what they do is they do Shakespeare with no words. It's just it's just movement, and sometimes it's like stylized dance, um, and some it's just it's just like these long like pantomime movements, 
And like I said, they've won a lot of awards. And I, as I was in the theater, because I mean, I checked out because again, I've seen this movie before. I'm sitting there and I was like, I kind of want to see this movie with no words. Anna and I were saying the exact same thing the other day. Like you could really do that. Mm-hmm. And it would Just, be good. And and don't tell me it can't be done because Wally did it perfectly. Yeah. Yep. And I think it would have been different. I think because like you said, Lindley, the the the, the best part about this uh, are the visuals. Um mm-hmm. and I feel like if you had you could even still have you could have different recording artists sing the music during those moments, but you just see the animals kind of like going through the story. You know, we don't get that dialogue. We get it through like, you know, through like the different tones during the during the film score. Um, I think, again, I just think that that would be, I mean, if you're going to take a risk with Mulan, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're not, you're not going to do the cartoon. You're, go, you're doing something completely different and you're going to honor the culture. Do something like that with this. Cause like I mean we've seen we've seen this movie, give us something different. Take a risk. You you are Disney. You can afford to take a risk. You don't need a win. Nope. With the Lion King, you've already had your win with the Lion King. Now do something new. You know something else too that that reminds me of is originally, uh, Disney was thinking that the Lion King was going to be the experimental film, and uh, Pocahontas was going to be the big masterpiece. And it ended up being the opposite. Uh, Lion King turned into the mega hit, and then Pocahontas, we just don't talk about that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We just don't talk about Pocahontas. Um, So, like, again, why not treat this in the same spirit as the experiment? Because, I mean, like I said, Wally did it. You could easily make it work. Uh, Like you said, with the music and then the songs and then the tone, the cinematography, everything could convey everything you need to see. But, Mm -hmm. you know, that's might be asking too much. (laughs) Hey, do you think that maybe this remake, these lackluster remakes might be sort of the modern age version of the direct to video Disney movies? I. I do, but again, I I think that it all it does is reaffirm my belief that these movies should be on the Disney Plus streaming service. Yeah, that's where that's where they should premiere, and I think that they will do much better. And I won't feel like I've wasted my money and time watching a movie that I've already seen. And if Disney wants some like gimmicky money, then be like, oh, here here it is in theaters for one week only before it's. Not the Disney Vault, but before it's relegated to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Is the Disney Vault going to even be a thing anymore with Disney Plus? If they're going to put all their properties there. We'll have to see. We will definitely have to see. Um, but, guys, we have to keep moving. Because we have a lot to go over. And we last time we had a three-hour episode. Oh, I want to <laughs> talk about Lion King and how much it's bad forever. Yeah, well, guess what? Don't worry, you know because there's another... Forever? There's another cat movie. What? <laughs> because remember when Lindley said in the last episode that the next big thing is going to be the movie musical? I guarantee you, <laughs> if Cats is paving the way, 
I will slap you in the throat. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what we're talking about, um, the three movie trailers, if you want to check them out before we before we get into our discussion, it's Cats, Zombieland 2, Double Tap, and Harriet. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be talking about those three trailers. Um, so take, take a moment, watch those trailers if you haven't. If Welcome back. Um, let us begin. Dear God, Lindley. Cats. Cats. I knew it was going to be bad. I could never have imagined it was going to be this bad. Because here's the thing. Before this trailer came out, they put like a behind the scenes uh, little featurette. Mm -hmm. And they had like these huge sets. And the sets look gorgeous. Right. There is something to be said about the production design. But then they mentioned how they were going to do the technology. And I'm thinking, oh, well, these it's just going to be CGI cats. Like, full-bodied CGI cats. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fine. It's whatever. It's not going to look good. But then the trailer came out. Dear Lord... And I thought Love Never Dies was the worst thing ever associated with Andrew Lloyd Webber. This may take the cake. I mean, Lindley, it, I mean, it just looks awful. Oh my gosh. And what kills me is all the people that they've brought into this, all these people, you've got uh, Idris Elba, you've got Jennifer Hudson. They've dragged it's, poor uh, Ian McKellen they, into they this. Look, uh, this is insane. Here's what it looks like. It looks like the Uncanny Valley had a baby with Satan, and it's horrifying. And then made a Snapchat filter. Yes. For furries. <laughs> it's, ter- it's terrifying. It's like, are they humans? Are they cats? The studio's like, who knows? Let's throw a little of everything in there. I it just... is... It is a furry's wet dream. That's my life. Steven. I said it for you so you don't have to say it. Oh, thank you. I, d- I mean no offense, but dear God, that it looks terrible. And it makes me wonder just like, who okayed this? Who, who watched this? Who watched this footage and said, yeah. That looks good. I have to be honest. I've never really been a big fan of cats. And my experience, of course, is all based on the videotape from the late oh. 90s. Oh, I had the videotape, too. I had and the videotape, too. I, I honestly cannot imagine liking that show. Um, and so... Yeah. In in the show's defense, it is a dance show. And the people who have been in the show and who have played these cat characters, they are incredibly talented in what they do. And there is technically a plot to cats. Technically. Technically. Technically, the plot is... I think it's Rum Tum Tugger is there and McCavity... And those are the those memories. are the name of the cats. The that <laughs> I know that's the, all I remember. <laughs> the plot of cats is all these all these jellical cats, jellical cats. They're all sorry, we don't have the rights. 
<laughs> they get together on one night and old Deuteronomy is like one cat is going to I don't know go to the great litter box in the sky or something or one cat's gonna get a better life and you're you get introduced to all these cats who want a better life and then spoiler I mean spoiler, the, the show's been out since like 1980 something it's fine so this one cat named Grizabella that's the one that sings memories you know the song everybody knows and everybody's parodied is like oh I I was a, I was a pretty house cat and then I got kicked out and now my life is terrible and I need a redemption arc and so that's who Deuteronomy chooses because redemption but in between that it's about a bunch of cats getting together to decide who's going to go to the big litter box in the sky with old Deuteronomy Did I don't know if it's dying I don't know but all I know is that I'm going to have just nightmares. The, those cats are what people see during sleep paralysis. I just, I, I didn't think it could be this bad. And it was this bad. I mean, it's not going to stop me from saying that. My friends and I have already talked about it. We're seeing it. But we're not seeing it without, you know, something to drink that's not a movie theater soda. What? I don't understand anything about this at all. I've never understood cats. I've never understood people's obsession with cats. It's like people, it's like, you know, like it's it's like when, you know, you get to like theater school and they're like, oh, I love cats. Cats are just so, it's just so, it's up there. It's just going, <laughs> shut up. No, it's not. Cats is horrible. Okay. And no one likes cats. Okay, you know who likes cats? What? Liars. Liars <laughs> like cats. Okay, because nobody likes that. All right, I have never met anybody, anybody who actually likes the movie Cats. Oh my goodness gracious. I know a few people, and they have their reasons, and I respect those reasons, but that doesn't mean I have to like Anonymously, no, never mind, because they probably they might listen to the show, so I don't want to call them out. No. I do. I am curious what their reasons are, so that I can tell them that they're wrong, but, oh my gosh, I, I just, I do not understand. I do not understand. This isn't like, this isn't like when I went to go see Into the Spider-Verse, and then I was like, oh, you know what? I get it. I get why people like Spider-Man. I could go see Cats 12 times and probably still not tell you why people like this. But Marcus, Marcus, it's really simple. Rum Tum Tugger, Grizabella. You're just saying names, Stephen. And these names mean nothing names to me. Names aren't a plot. I said what the plot is. The, these names mean McCavity. nothing to but me. But the plot doesn't make the, it any it look any better it still looks like a nightmare memories memories memories. <laughs> it's like that episode of kimmy schmidt it has no meaning you just make up gibberish and you're in the show <laughs> <laughs> that was that was that was priceless that was priceless they were like so how do you end up in the show? You just get up here. <laughs> you just get up here and just do some stuff. 
Oh my goodness gracious. Audience, if you if you're if you plan on going to see cats, I don't know, Mr. Key, I don't know if you're planning to go see cats. Oh, um, I can guarantee you my father is not going to see can cats. Can he can he see it and be our correspondent and tell him he can come on the show? No, because and he can tell I'm, us. No, because you know why? Because I love my father and I don't want to subject my father to cats. Dear Lord. Well, guys, let us let's let's continue on. <laughs> let's let's shift gears a little bit. Um, let's go to uh, Zombieland Two Double Tap. That trailer just dropped today. It looks um, amazing. I love zombie. I I have grown to really love Zombieland. Like I did. I when it first came out, I was like, "This looks dumb." There's no way I will ever watch this movie, and I love it. It's one of the few Jesse Eisenberg movies that I love. It's great. And Zombieland 2, Double Tap. It looks it it looks like here's my fear. It's basically just gonna be beat for beat the last movie. I don't think it is because they're adding new characters. Yeah, but these new characters are basically carbon copies of the characters we already have. Aww. They make a joke about that at the end. I mean, it's the first trailer, so, I mean, they, I, I mean, clearly, I mean, even Guardians of the Galaxy 2 did that, where they were like, you know, throw the same song in, show, have them, have them see, like, the same kookiness, uh, and then, you know, people will, people will buy tickets, not realizing that, hey, if you showed us some new stuff, we'd be more apt to buy tickets, and you can get a new audience in, but, you know, it's asking too much. I still need to see the first Zombie Land because Emma Stone is awesome. She's pretty Wait, good in it. You haven't seen the first Zombie Land? I haven't. I still need to. Steven! It's very good. It's got Bill it's Murray. It's great. It's yeah, on it's my to do list. There's a, there's just a long, that's a long list, I feel. <laughs> it's not as long as you'd think. It's getting shorter. Yeah. I just saw a girl yeah. with a dragon tattoo. Good, that came out like what you. nine years ago. <laughs> good for you. Just chip it away, aren't you? You get a golf clap. <laughs> chip, 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 chip. Okay, okay. Listen, I um, I don't know. I I'm I, I'm interested to see what the plot will be because even in Zombieland, I think that was to me that was the that was also another thing that I um kind of dismissed about it was I was like, what is this movie even about? You know, zombie land. Like, what is that? I'm like, I'm not watching this. Like, they go to a stupid carnival. Like, what is it? The zombies are taking over the 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 carnival, and it ended up not being about that at all. Um, it ended up being a very well thought out, well written zombie movie, um, a la you know, you know, Shaun of the Dead, even. So, I don't know. I feel like I'm hoping that Zombieland 2 Double Tap will surprise me. I I don't know if I'm going to see it in theaters, but definitely on my watch list. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. The last movie that we're going to talk about before we take a quick break uh, is Harriet. Um, and this is a movie that like, Lonely kept saying Harriet, 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 and I couldn't remember what, what she was talking about. Um, cause it just, it seems weird just to call it Harriet. And it not be a spy movie. 
Right. Like, when you kept saying Harriet, I kept thinking Harriet the Spy movie. Also, uh, this what? is the second Harriet the Spy reference I've made today, and I'm very proud of myself. Well, look at you. But this does... But you know what, though? The nice... But the cool thing is about this, speaking of Harriet and the spying, um, it does seem like this movie... Um, it's For those of you who don't know, Harriet is uh, a biopic about Harriet Tubman. Um, and mm-hmm. kind of her start into uh, being conductor in the Underground Railroad. And it looks like, by the end of it, it looks like they're even going to get into her spy work for... Uh, the Civil War, and I, I've always been, I've always been like fascinated with Harriet Tubman, um, but I mean, here's the thing, and we'll get into like the actors that are involved in it because there's a lot of great actors in this. Um, the thing is, though, it's her story is very interesting. Don't know if it's a an action movie like they're trying to make it out to be though <laughs> yeah. it, this looks like a straight up action movie and i was like i don't think harriet ever fought like i know she carried i knew she carried a gun around i knew like all like the underground railroading stuff definitely i was like okay yes that that looks like that looks very accurate the civil war stuff that's where i was like so you're making her a, a, a war, war soldier now? Because, like, even like Glory even showed us like black soldiers, male black soldiers. They barely want to let them fight. Somehow, I doubt Harriet picked up a gun and was fighting shoulder to shoulder with some white Union soldiers, and they were like, they were okay, they were quote unquote okay with it. Um... I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, that's, I feel like that's going to bother me about this movie. Um, but what about you guys? I kind of feel the same. I think there is a good story to tell there, but honestly, and this is going to sound really lame. I remember in the, in the fourth grade, our teacher took us to the library and actually showed us this old, uh, 80s movie based on Harriet Tubman. Um, and I felt like that was enough for me. I mean, you could definitely update the story, but yeah, I don't, I don't know enough to really comment about the action stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, it, it could be good. One thing that I feel like is going to bother me is, uh, the lack of Harriet Scar. Um, fun fact, it's not really fun, um, but Harriet, I believe, I can't remember if she was running away from a slave owner or what, or if she was stopping a fight, but somebody, she was in town and, um, this white man took a, um, took a weight, like a, like a scale, right? Mm -hmm. And threw it at her. And it bashed her in the head. And so she had this long scar on her forehead. And that's why she wears... That's why whenever you see her, a lot of times, she's wearing a bandana. Mm-hmm. Because it, she had to hide it. Because that was like the that was the mark that people could identify her very quickly by. Oh, gotcha. 
And so, and, and she actually, it, like, she suffered, like, a lot of headaches, like, like, debilitating headaches from it, um, to the point that it would even affect her while they were on the Underground Railroad. Mm. And so, I think, you know, I feel like you don't need to, you don't need to jazz this story up. I feel like, you know, you could have just a straight up period drama about Harriet Tubman and the work that she did. You don't need to make her, Wonder Woman in order to sell tickets. I mean, I, I, I guess in this day and age you do, but um, also I think that the actors pretty much speak for themselves as far as their, their talent pool with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, I mean, what would you say? Lily? I mean, you're, I know your favorites in it as, as Harriet. Yeah. I think just the amount of talent they have in this, I mean, any historical drama you watch is not going to be 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. It never will be. Everybody takes historical or fictitious licensing to mm-hmm. make a story a little more exciting, even though history is already exciting itself. Um, but I, I love the cast. I love that her story is being told. I think it's important that her story is being told. And I think they've got some really good people playing it. I, I'm just really excited that Cynthia Rebo is because after Bad Times at Old Royale, I I never got to see her in color purple on Broadway. Mm. But after oh, she was Bad phenomenal. Times, I'm so glad that like yes, mm-hmm. she's becoming mm-hmm. like not just a stage name like everybody knows on Broadway, but like she's becoming like, a name name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, she deserves chose- it. She's chosen some pretty good films to to star in. I definitely, I mean, I, let's call it right now. This is going to be nominated for an Oscar. Oh, oh, you know what it is. Yeah, this is going to be nominated for an Oscar. I think, I think if she does what she normally does, I think she can pull it off. I don't know who her competition is going to be this year, um, but she's a strong actress. Um, she really is, and I feel like she's going to bring a lot of heart to this. And I I like that Janelle Monae is attached to this. Yeah. Because number one, she's gonna she's I mean she's gonna put a song on there. You know she is. But number two, um, hey Cynthia Reba, they might do it. Oh, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. I I do I definitely feel like um, I definitely feel like uh, uh, Janelle Monae would not attach herself to this project if she did not feel like it does the character justice, which kind of puts me, which kind of puts me at ease. Um, Wasn't Janelle Monet also in, was she in Moonlight? She was not in Or was Moon- that Tessa Thompson? That was, no, I think Janelle Monet was in Moonlight. Because I, I was like, because I think she was because she was all, it was also the same year that Hidden Figures mm-hmm. got nominated for herself. So like, she's yes. kind of a good luck charm. When it comes yeah. to these things. Yeah. I mean, Janelle Monet, she's, I'm, I'm very, uh, I, I, I found out about her in, in college and I've just been like following her. I'm just, I'm so excited now that she's getting into all these movies um, and that more people are, she's becoming a lot more mainstream. Because yeah. um, again, you know, you have, you, there's a talent, there's a talent pool out there that's not being tapped. Okay. And it's just nice when they catch a break and they're finally in a movie. But, guys, let us take uh, the shortest of breaks. 
Um, we're going to get some water, gang. We're going to let you listen to a promo for an upcoming podcast that maybe you might want to check out. And uh, when we come back, we're going to dig deep into Comic-Con. Stay tuned. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. So, guys, we're back, and uh, we are digging deep into San Diego Comic-Con, and uh, there was a lot of news that came out. Of course, we're going to touch on most of it, but please keep in mind, we got to keep it moving. Um, Some of the stuff we're very excited about, and some of the stuff we're kind of meh about. Um, All in all, I think it's all worth talking about at, at the end of the day. Uh, so we're going to kick this off, guys, with Star Trek Picard. They dropped a trailer finally. Um, well, they dropped it. They had a teaser a, a little while back. Um, and they just now, after Comic-Con, they've just released the full trailer. Um, first off, do you guys like Star Trek? Anna does. Do you like Star Trek? No. <laughs> it's okay to not like something your wife likes. <laughs> Don't tell her, though, because she really likes it. <laughs> okay. Uh, she she, she likes Next Generation. I, I am very much a Star Wars girl. I don't have anything against Star Trek. I was just, I was never raised, I was raised in Star Wars. I was never raised in Star Trek. The only thing I've really ever watched of Star Trek is the the newer films. Mm-hmm. And same, that's kind of my, my background with Star Trek. Um, I mean, I know, I mean, my parents used to watch it all the time, like on the weekends, Mm-hmm. Um, like next generation, like like Picard was my captain. I guess I would say, like that's the captain that I remember the most. Um, I remember Data. I remember the dude with the the Ray Bans. You oh, know, the Lavar Burton, that guy, Lavar Burton, yeah, character, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Star re- Trek Next Gen. I remember uh, Wesley. Um, yeah, so for me, this is like, this is like, okay, I'm your target audience with this because that's, that is the Star Trek that I remember. Am I a big fan of Star Trek? Like, am I going to watch this show? Probably not. Um, just because it's kind of, um, I don't know. It's like, why, why make, why make this, this, this show? Um, is this necessary? This is I'm asking I'm asking you guys. Do you guys think this is necessary? Not really because to be honest, from what I've seen of the plot, mm-hmm. it looks kind of the same as a lot of other stuff like oh, here's an old hero who's coming out of retirement to protect a girl who doesn't even know her own power. It sounds like Logan. 
Yes. Yes. It does sound like Logan. <laughs> I was, I, that is exactly what I thought when I saw this. Because, like, I could see and certainly understand Star Trek fans wanting to see something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I thought about it and was looking at the trailer, I was like, this looks like Picard's Logan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I am fairly familiar with the premise of Star Trek. My stance has always kind of been that I feel like the premise is actually not a bad one. It's about, you know, it basically explores human ethics in space, um, which is a novel concept, but it's just always so friggin' boring. Yes. It's like you've got two planets that about to go to war with each other, and then you've got these humans basically standing around going, if one fires a shot at the other, they could annihilate each other. Captain? Oh, bring me my tea. I'll think about it. And it's just like, wh- why is this so boring? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, um, I will. S- I do have to give praise to the cinematography of what I was seeing because it looks really, really good. Um, and I don't know. It could be good. Maybe At not being a Star Trek fan, I really can't say whether they'd like it. But um, I don't know. It could be interesting. I feel like this would be much better suited as, like, a limited series. I think it is, isn't it? No, I think it's, like, it's gonna... They're trying to make it, like, a thing. Like, it's gonna be multiple seasons. Uh, That might not be the wisest thing. Because, uh... uh, Patrick Stewart, I think... I think he was, like, he's excited about it. Um, It's the one thing to get... That would get him back into that character um so i i i mean i'll check but i'm almost certain that this is not a limited series that this is going to be like an ongoing thing um and again it just feels like it would just be better it would just be better suited for um just something very limited like yeah a, a couple like six episodes ten episodes and you're done like wrap up the story in one nice little arc um kind of put Picard to rest um, and call it a day but uh, I don't know this was one this is one trailer that I I liked it at first like watching like seeing the um, seeing all those characters come back I was like okay this is cool and then but then I was I was immediately like okay well I can go home now yeah mm-hmm mm-hmm so, uh, another trailer that came out, which I had no idea it came out till a couple of days ago, uh, Snowpiercer is getting a TV show. Yes! Why did no one tell me that Snowpiercer was getting a mother-loving TV show? I thought you knew! With, I think, I think maybe I heard about it a long time ago, but I probably chalked it up to like, they're never going to do it, the cowards. You know, because it's such a... And then, I, and then I, no, you know what? We did talk about it. And I said then, I said, what are you going to talk about in a Snowpiercer movie? And they and they, they, they got it. They figured it out. Don't even acknowledge the movie, essentially. Um, just, you know, reboot it and make the story a little bit longer. 
Okay, gonna... so for someone who doesn't know what Snowpiercer is, explain. Oh, I got this. Go ahead. So Snowpiercer is the story about how Earth has basically become one giant frozen ball. Like, it is inhabitable for humans to be outside or as else they will like instantly freeze so what remains of humanity gets put on this monstrous train that is circling the earth and it's then it just keeps going and it keeps running and as time passes a caste system develops within the train and so the people at the back of the train are tired of being treated like crap and are struggling and fighting to get to the front of the train where all the rich people and like they don't have to work or they don't have to wonder like if they're going to eat that day. Like mm-hmm. it's a party at the front of the train. It's hell at the back. Yeah. And so they're fighting to survive. And the movie was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, just mm-hmm. seeing, seeing like as they go through each car, you just see like everyone is like it gets wealthier and wealthier and wealthier. And like as as they go to each car too, what was night nice, was cool about the setup was every time they got to a new car, you as the audience and the main character, um, played by Captain America. Uh, you both learn something new about this train that makes everything more sinister. So that by the time you get to like the final boss, when you finally get to Wilford, um, who was the train conductor, and they who's have been built up as like this almost like a godlike figure. Yes. Um you you're horrified by the big reveal. Ooh. On like why everything is the way that it is, why this whole thing, why this whole movie even started. You're like, holy crap. Um, And you know what? It kind of reminds me of uh, this anime called Big O. Um, Uh, Yeah, I think it's been compared a lot to Big O. Yeah. uh, Big O was, for those who don't know, Big O was uh, this movie where it's it's post-apocalyptic, as, you know, most most great animes are. Um, and you find out that this city is the last, it's the quote-unquote last city on Earth, but nobody can remember what happened 40 years ago when this, when, like, the reason why the Earth is, no, why nobody lives on Earth anymore, except for this one city. Nobody has any sort of clue. And the series ended after the first season because it was like it got bad reviews, but it had a cult following. So people brought it back and then they ended it after season two. But the big reveal at the end of season two felt to me a lot similar to the big reveal at the end of Snowpiercer, where it's like, oh, my gosh, like that's why everything the way it is. And that's why it has to be like this. And it's horrifying. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see this particular... Sh- uh, well, it was a manga first, and then it was a, then it was a movie. Um, really excited to see what they do with it as a TV show. But also, yeah. uh, you see who the main character is. Speaking of 
uh, uh, Broadway actors. It's a great cast. Hmm? It's such a good cast. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, It's also interesting that it's not the same characters. Mm Mm-hmm. So, to me, it's like, as as a fan of the movie, it's nice because I know I'm not about to see a TV version of the movie. There there were parts in there that I recognized. Right? Like the, um, like the arm going outside of the train car. Yeah. Because, Steven, there's a part in the movie, right? It's not, it doesn't spoil anything, but there's a part in the movie where, as punishment, they make this man put his hand outside of the train. They Ugh. wait one minute, and then they force him to bring it back out, and his arm is completely frozen. And then they smash it. Ugh. Yeah. And there's a part, and you can see it in the trailer, like, that's that's a part of the movie. Um, I'm sorry, that's a part of the show. So I, um, I'm curious, I'm wondering if maybe the twist will be the same, or what they're going to do to handle that, because, I mean, it's not like Snowpiercer's a, a, you know, people didn't like it. People love Snowpiercer, and matter of fact, it's coming on Netflix uh, starting next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so more people are going to be able to watch it and know what the end is. So I don't know, Linda, do you think they'll, do you think they'll keep it or do you think they'll change it? Cause I can't think of what you would change it to. I don't know. It's tough because it's on TBS of all places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For some reason, this is on TBS. Yeah. Which I forgot. T- like TBS hasn't done anything of note in a long time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like something like this dark would have been better on something like Stars or HBO, Hulu. Hey, don't don't sleep on like a USA late like a late late night show. USA kind of like dances the line a little bit as far as like what's appropriate to be shown on like basic television. Mm-hmm. I I don't I'm I'm with you though I don't know why you would choose this for TBS, mm-hmm. but who knows maybe that's what TBS is looking for maybe they're looking for something to compete with you know premium channels and you like I said USA has a risky content like more well, more mature content on on their channel all the time so maybe this mm-hmm. is their answer to that maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no it's interesting though. Carnival Row is next. Um, Ooh, this, I, I'm so excited about this one. You, you go ahead, because I'm not as familiar with this one. Uh, basically, it's, from what I've seen, it's a kind of like a CD Victorian um, London setting um, in a place called The Berg. And it's mm. a place where both humans and mythical creatures coexist. Again, there's a kind of cast system there, but it's got Orlando Bloom uh, and s- discovering the m- a mystery of a murdered fae who is basically a fairy. And Cara Delevingne is a fae who gets involved somehow, and it just looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, the concept itself just looks really intriguing. And I saw something, I think it was on either on Nerdist or a, another one of those sites talking about, like, what's going to be the next Game of Thrones now that that's over. And this was thrown into the mix. 
I don't think it's going to be the next Game of Thrones, but it looks like it has the potential to be the next Penny Dreadful, and I am so okay with that. Yeah. Well, until Penny Dreadful comes up with her spinoff and then crushes it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's happening. I shouldn't because Natalie Dormer's in it. <laughs> I, um, I, I, was, I was very intrigued by this because um, this is on Amazon, correct? Yeah. Yes. So this is on Amazon Prime. This is yet another show from Amazon Prime that kind of makes me want to, to get Amazon Prime. I dropped cable, so I have more like expendable funds. So that mm-hmm. so maybe Amazon Prime is what I go for next because, um, you know, like I mean they've they've won Emmys now with you know Marvel's Mrs. Maisel as well, you know, and they've got that they had that show that came out, uh, Good Omens. I know a lot of people were talking about that show. Oh, it's on my list. I need to start it. My <laughs> the love of my life is in that show. Sam Ewan. No, David Tennant. Does Sam know? <laughs> See, me and David go way back. Oh, so it's like me and Fat Ass and Bender. Yeah, you and Fat Ass Bender. <laughs> See, you can't judge me for all of my Hollywood loves because I know your list is long too. My list is hella long. <laughs> it's... Hi, Dad. <laughs> He's like, no one's talking about anything that I like. <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> um, but yeah, but Carnival Row, I feel like it does. It definitely, it definitely has those shades of Penny Dreadful. Um, I like the aesthetic of it. I feel like this is a good. I feel like this is a good show for um, Cara Delevingne. Um, yeah. Like this is like I feel. I'm like looking this at is her wings house. more than her eyebrows. Yes. Yes, those amazing eyebrows. Those they're there. They're always there. In shock. Steve, do you have anything yeah. to add? Uh no, I think Snowpiercer sounds really fun. Uh this, um maybe not as much, but no. Eh, mm. Could be could be interesting too. So never say never. What? Never. One movie, one sorry, I keep saying movie because um, we're a movie uh, uh, podcast. Um, one show that I'm really excited for, guys, is The Witcher. Um, Ooh, haven't read the books, played The Witcher 3, have not beaten it yet. Um, my friend Mitchell Hansen from Not So Famous with Mitchell Hansen, um, part of the Shenanigans Inc. family, uh, go check it out. Uh, but The Witcher 3... Um, it's a very fun game, and I was only, I only started, I was only like two hours in, and I was like still in the prologue. Um, the whole premise of this story was fascinating to me. Um, just this idea that there essentially are these people named witchers, um, and I know somewhere Dave is, hey Dave. Um, hey Dave! Hey Dave. I know somewhere Dave is like, I know the witcher from... You know, I'm from my golden years, and this is, this, this, your explanation is wrong. Calm down. Um, But essentially, from what I understand, is like the witchers are like a group of people who are able to use magic, but they use it to like, to combat dark magic. So they're, they're essentially like magical police that get hired by kingdoms to like 
hey, stop paranormal things from happening. They're auras. Yes. Yeah. But like by but by the time they get to like the Witcher three, they're the like, wizard cops. <laughs> by the time they get to like the Witcher three, like nobody, like nobody wants them around. They're like, you're too powerful, you're too dangerous, we need to kill you all. Um, so they have to hide the fact that they're witchers. Um, but Henry Cavill is in this, and Yay. he has been very, I, I think it's safe to say, he's been more excited about this than he was about Superman. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are more behind him with this than they are about Superman. he's a really good actor. He is. and it, this, He just needs good material. And this looks like... I, 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 you could see it on his face in the trailer. I was like, he likes this. This, because mm-hmm. I, it was the same look he had when he did um, Mission Impossible. Man from Uncle? Oh, I was going to say Mission Impossible. I actually oh. fell asleep in Man from Uncle. What? I fell asleep. <gasps> I don't like it. It's boring. No! It's, but my, my husband's in that! It's boring. I don't like it. Yeah. You and me are gonna have a talk about Man from Uncle. Fight, fight, okay. fight. But anyways, Henry Cavill. He looks like he looks like he's having the time of his life in this. And I think it's and I think it's important to. I think it's I think it's important to to point that out because I feel like a lot of people do really only know him from Superman, and forget that he's done amazing work. And he's done amazing work in subpar movies, um, like Immortals. I don't know if you guys remember that movie. Oh shoot, he what? I forgot he's, that was yeah, a thing. Right? I well, no, I forgot it was a thing too. Till I watched it on TV, and I was like, "Oh snap, Henry Cavill's in this." Oh snap, Henry Cavill's really good. Oh man, this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but he's really good in it, you know. Um, and I think. I, I, I don't know. I think that, I think you're right, Lynn. I think, you know, he's, he's the best when he has great material to work with. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If anything's going to be, I will say this, though, um, before I turn it over to you guys. I will say this. I do think this will be the contender against Game of Thrones because there's a lot of action. There's a lot of mythical beasts. And if it's anything like the game... There's a lot of the nasty. There's a lot of the nasty. You don't know. You, you, Steven knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I don't? <laughs> oh, we're all adults here. We're all laughing, having a good time. <laughs> we're just laughing. We're having a good time. <laughs> it's never a good time. Oh, goodness. Hey, what do you what did you guys think of the trailer? I'm excited and I'm really excited for Henry Cavill, but also I'm a little hesitant. Why is that? Because I know how video game media works on screen. Mm, but this, and I thought about that too. Here's the thing. The Witcher was a book first. Oh. And the games are based off of the books. As a matter of fact, the games are a continuation of of the books from what I can understand so here's my question could this TV show potentially be a continuation of the game of that linear story 
to go from book to game to TV show. Interesting storytelling. Okay. Yeah. I'm keeping an open mind. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Stephen, have you ever read the Witcher books? I have not. I have heard of the games. I've never played them. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you for explaining what it is. Because um, to me, it literally just looked kind of like uh, a really bad Yui Bowl story. Mm-hmm. Blood Rain or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, all I was familiar with was that there were games. I didn't realize it was a book series or anything. Mm-hmm. So... Again, yeah, it's a very popular nice. book series. Yeah, everyone really. Uh, there's a, like a there's like a lot of people who are really excited. People are more excited about it from the book standpoint. Younger people are more excited about it because of the games, because that's what they know. But the books came out like a long time ago, apparently. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. I think I uh, it's definitely made me want to pick up the game and finish it, um, but it's also made me want to pick up the book. Because there's a lot of stuff in the game that I don't understand that Mitchell tells me he's like, it's in the book. Like if I, he's like, if you read the book, you'll understand like what they're talking about here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, could be a fun way to tell a story and keep it going. Um, okay. Next up, we got Top Gun Maverick, which during the break, I got a chance to look at the trailer. I'm going to let y'all go first. (laughs) I'll go first because I've got a pretty short review. Um, I have never actually seen Top Gun. I haven't either. I haven't either. Oh, my gosh. All all three of us on the Film Talk podcast have never seen Top Gun. (laughs) My only relationship to Top Gun, and it's super weird, but when I was a kid doing, like, you know, kid ballet and kid jazz, like, classes... For some reason, for one year, we did a dance to Danger Zone, and it was a lot of shuffle ball, change, shuffle ball, change, to <laughs> away to the Danger Zone. My, I mean, my only connection was Hot Shots. I had seen Hot Shots. I didn't even realize it was a parody of Top Gun mm. until I was much older. Um so yeah, <laughs> for a while I used to think top, uh, Hot Shots was actually just a a funny comedy, not necessarily a spoof. Right. Uh, of uh, so kind of defeats a lot of the humor when you don't know that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I've never seen never seen Top Gun. Uh, I've been I know they were talking about making this sequel for years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I keep saying this. Anna has actually seen Top Gun. I don't think she really cared for it much. Um, but, uh, yeah, here's Top Gun, the sequel. Mm-hmm. I mean, from what I can tell, it looks very similar in spiritual tone, I guess, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to the original. But, you know. Lindley, what about you with this? Um, yeah, I'm ha- I feel like I would be more invested if I had seen Top Gun. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look bad, but I also am just like, okay, that's a thing. Yeah. It's it's not, it's, I don't know, maybe it, maybe it would be different, like, if I knew the property. Yeah. But 
I mean, I I hadn't really seen the Rocky movies, and yet when I saw the Creed trailer, like I felt excited to to watch it. So part of me is like, is it really that I don't know the property? Or is it just kind of like, well, why are we doing this? I think this is a movie that's come way too late. Well, I thought that too. But I think the original was actually made in conjunction with the Air Force to, as, to sort of work as like an enlisting ad almost for the Air Force, get uh, young people hyped up and excited to join the Air Force. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if there's like a similar deal here. And they're just and they're revisiting it because they want to do the same thing. There's going to be a Air lot Force. of military ads before the movie. Oh yes, there will <laughs> a lot. Although I am very proud of the trailer, there was no slow down cover of Danger Zone. Mm-hmm. It yeah. resisted. I'm proud of you, movie. Good for you. Well, they probably thought it was going to be too on the nose, but please believe Danger Zone will be played in that movie. Oh, you know, well. <laughs> it's like watching Bohemian Rhapsody and then not hearing Bohemian Rhapsody. No, no, no. <laughs> it's going to get played. It's just a matter of, is it going to be at the beginning of the movie or the end of the movie? But it will be it's played. Gonna, it's going to be a, it's going to be a cover by insert popular artist now. Lil Nas I, X. Gonna take my plane to Top Gun. No, no, no. Gonna take my plane to the battleship. Gonna fly till I can't no more. I got my gooses in the back. Mavericks on the side. (laughs) (laughs) I hate this. Going to the danger zone. Going to the danger zone. (laughs) Can't nobody tell me nothing. Another one. And it's gonna, yeah, because it's gonna be, it's, it's gonna be remixed by <laughs> DJ Khaled. We the best. I hey, hate this with a passion. I hate this so, so much. Next, you can be my wingman. You can be my wing man. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Hey, Lindley. Take my breath away. Wait, was that Top Gun or was that? Yeah, that was Top Gun. Okay. (laughs) That is Top Gun. Yeah. Um, Let us, let's keep it moving. (laughs) We're doing so well. I feel like we're, 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 we're just plowing right through these. Um, Herm. We got the Watchmen. Or just, excuse me, just Watchmen. Um, a new new show that is coming up. It is based based on uh, the graphic novel The Watchmen, um, which was also turned into a Zack Snyder movie. Look at that, Zack Snyder. We couldn't go this whole entire episode without mentioning him. Hey, hey. <laughs> into um, the Snyder verse. That 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 should have been the first clue of where. Um, the Snyderverse was going uh, with Watchmen. It's not a terrible movie. It has some good parts. It has some definitely some good parts in it. I like the Zack Snyder Watchmen movie. It ha- it has its flaws. Yeah. 
Like, we didn't need a five-minute love scene set to Hallelujah. But didn't we, though? We, no, we didn't. But didn't we, though? No. But didn't we, though? No. But didn't we, though? No, I'm going to I'm gonna support Lindley on this. No. But didn't we, though? <laughs> <laughs> I went... <laughs> Putting in my two weeks from popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) Done. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But this is, but this is very different from the show because a lot of people didn't know what, what this show was going to be. I keep saying, I keep interchanging them. It was, it's going to be different from the movie. No one knew what this show was going to be. There we go. Um, Because it was a matter of like, is this going to be, a retelling of the movie, essentially, which is a retelling of the graphic novel. Is it going to stay truer to the graphic novel? What exactly are they going to do? And we got our answer. And it's strange because there are definite parts in there where it's very clear this is from... There are parts that are from the graphic novel. There's some stuff from the prequel graphic novels that came out later. And then there's, like, original stuff. Most notably with Regina King's character. And it seems to me like in this world where superheroes were once a thing, because it seems like it takes place after the events of the movie. Like, many years removed. And now people are starting to, I guess, revisit the idea of mask vigilantes. Except now the police are using mask vigilantes. Like, we're like, okay, we're going to take these personas because crime is so bad. We mm-hmm. we want to be able to take it to the bad guys. But we also don't want to show our faces. Because we don't want to get followed home. Yeah. Which, which is an interesting idea because it's something that has never really been done with that with the superhero genre. Um, I mean, hell, Watchmen in and of itself does something different with superheroes that hasn't been done in in you know with superhero genre, and that a lot of comic books have tried to emulate since um, since Watchmen came out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Dave is again is saying that I'm wrong. Um, what are, what are your what are you guys' thoughts on this? I mean, I'm I'm excited for it, mm-hmm. and I'm glad it's not a a a rehash of the same story mm-hmm. because this this tale it's going to have such a lore. It has the potential to have so much it can do with it, yeah. and so I'm excited about something new in the same universe. It's going to be great. Although I do want to bring up something interesting. Hmm. So I saw, I, I read an article about how, you, you know how Alan Moore is with his adaptations. Yes. He yes. doesn't like anything. Mm-hmm. Alan Moore hates adaptations of his work. And so, of course, when the Watchmen thing, he didn't like it. And the director came out and said, pardon, pardon the language, but F you, I'm going to do it anyway. Hmm. To Alan Moore. Mm-hmm. And that brings up something kind of strange. Be like, 
how how much do you have to respect not only the original material but the original creators while also wanting to make your own thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like where's the line that's being drawn yeah because it's like if you don't have the original creator's blessing it's almost like well then why are you doing it yeah you just make your own thing at this point i mean it's not like it's not like there's never been like a watchman-esque story i mean look at the boys look at the boys look at kick-ass you know mm-hmm. these are these are like the direct descendants of the Watchmen, so it's not like you can't do it um, and be successful. I don't know. I mean, I I don't think that these characters are are so. I mean, yeah, they're iconic, but they're not like so iconic that you know I have to use these characters. They're the only ones who can tell the story. Mm, but can't they though? But can't they though? Oh my <laughs> That's the title of this episode. But can't they? But though? can't they though? <laughs> ah, God. Steven, what do you think? Well, let me ask you something because I've never actually read The Watchmen. I've never seen the movie. Mm-hmm. I remember when it came out. Um, do you think it's something I would really enjoy? Because uh, certainly, I know. I, I remember when the trailer came out, and I remember thinking this is one of the best uh, movie trailers I had ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really good trailer. Um, and then I was hearing mixed things about the movie, so I was kind of like, eh. So I never ended up seeing it. But do you think it's something I would like? Or, or, or maybe better yet, what sort of audience would really appreciate this sort of thing? So, so first off, the the graphic novel and the movie were very different. Um, the graphic novel is, it feels like I'm reading a book um, as opposed to looking at like a, a, as opposed to looking at like a comic book, I guess is just saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, whereas Watchmen, the movie feels like a gritty comic book movie. Which is why I feel like a lot of the a lot of the people who grew up with the Watchmen or a lot of people who like loved the graphic novel did not in particular like the movie. I didn't mind the movie. I thought there were some good points in it. Then once I looked at the once I looked at the graphic novel, I was like, okay, I can see why people didn't necessarily care for this. Mm-hmm. I then uh, recently DC started doing this storyline called Doomsday Clock. Um, yep. Which is a, essentially it's a sequel to Watchmen, but it's a way of explaining and retconning the New Fifty Two comic line, Ooh. and like Doctor Manhattan, the big blue naked guy. Basically, <laughs> basically he he has he has come out recently in the last issue. He's like, I can't see past my own death. Like, he's supposed to be immortal, and he's like, I see Superman coming up. He's coming up to fight me. We have a fight, but I can't see past that point. So he knows that Superman is the person to kill him. Mm-hmm. But he has made this new DC universe, the the new the rebirth. He's made this new DC universe essentially to create the best Superman so that he can fight him. 
And I think that if you were to read Doomsday Clock, even if you just like, you know the basic premise of what happened in Watchmen. If you read Doomsday Clock and you will find that you like it, I think that you I think that you would enjoy Watchmen because it it's definitely made me appreciate the original comic book even more. It makes me excited for the TV show that's coming out. I know that they are they're actually taking some some new characters from Doomsday Clock. They're going to put them into the TV show. So I'm so I'm interested to see like how it all how it all comes together. I I personally I personally think that you would like the graphic novel more than the movie. I think you would watch the movie and I think you would see it like every other comic book movie. Yeah. You know, like lower tier comic book movie. But the graphic novel, that's top tier stuff. I mean, that's up there with you know, Think of, like, the best storylines you've ever heard, like, you know, Final Crisis or something, or, like, uh, uh, The Long Halloween. It's, like, uh, you know, Dark Knight Returns. It's up there. It's up, it's in that category. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Because we, cause we're, talk- we're sitting here, we're talking about comic books, we're talking about, we're talking about books in, in, in general. Uh, and we're talking about uh, things coming back from the past. Uh, His Dark Materials is another show that is coming up. Um, so much, so much TV coming up, guys. So much TV. Uh, His Dark Materials. Um, if you you may have you may remember this, um, formerly at, known as the Golden Compass. It was that movie. That's mm-hmm. His Dark Materials is the is the series, and now they are rebooting it for the small screen and I'm just gonna say I'm excited for two reasons one Lin-Manuel Miranda number two Laura's in this I know that's not her actual name but I'm so excited because I love that little girl so much yep (laughs) she's so good she is so good. And to see her in this and like, you know, you know, think about her in Logan, right? She had no lines. Save for like a couple of lines in Spanish, and then she spoke a lot at the end. But you knew exactly what she was feeling that entire movie. Yeah. She was great. She was fantastic. So now you give her like a, a much bigger part. Um because what's the what's the character's name? Do you guys remember? Is it Lyra? I think it I is. don't remember. I I was never allowed to read slash watch the Golden Compass, oh. and I forget why. Oh, because there they, was because they kill God at the end. Oh, that's, that's like the why. big yeah. That's like the big thing is that it's it's essentially. I I won't I I don't quote me on this. I'm not saying this. This is just the argument on why people don't necessarily let people read the Golden Compass. If I remember the kids. Because it's like very anti-religious, mm. or it has anti-religious like connotations about it. Yeah. Um, gotcha. But it was at it was at Anderson. They had all the books. What do you mean at Anderson? The books were there. They were up in the library, oh, right next right. to Harry Potter. 
I was like, mm-hmm. mm. I remember that. You right? <laughs> Ryan was really big into them. I remember. Yeah, yeah. There, it, the I read the first one. The it's it's a good book. Um, I can't remember why I didn't finish the series. I guess I just I started reading something else. Probably Twilight. Horrible choice. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say definitely Twilight. <laughs> Because by that point, um, I think you had finished the Aragon books, hadn't you? Or maybe around that time? Well, I was, I was, I think I was waiting for the next Aragon book. Cause I, you mean oh, medieval yeah. Star Wars? You mean pain in my ass, horrible book <laughs> in general? <laughs> Waste of my time. Not as good as Twilight. Yeah, I said it. Her name is, her name is Lyra. I just looked it up. Um, yeah, for her to play Lyra... That's going to be great. Great for her. It's going to be a good movie. I mean, sorry. Good movie. Good show. What do you guys think? Could I'm ex- be interesting. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. It's, I, it looks interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Remembering some of the plots that you remembered, I'm a little hesitant. But, like, from a... Like, cinematic standpoint, like, I love everybody in it. I think it looks great. I, yeah, I'm, I, I'll, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's going to be on, uh, HBO? Yeah, HBO. Okay. I don't have HBO, but, you know, there's always ways around that. Oh, Hoygan, Hoygan. Uh, How do you think I watch Game of Thrones? <gasps> Lindley! I'm, I'm poor, I'm sorry. <laughs> She's just a poor girl. Yeah. Nobody loves me. Oh, I was going to say everybody likes you, but yeah, whatever. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Ouch. I'm due too late now. <laughs> no, no, not at all. All right, guys. We, look. Ooh, we, we made it. We dug deep, okay, into Comic-Con. I hope, audience, I hope you appreciate the fact that we spent the majority of our time not talking about this next thing and talked about other things. But now the time has come. Okay? Talk about the thing? Yeah, talk about... The thing! Phase four. We have... Quattro! It has now been announced. We know... I have it up on my phone. I'm looking at it right now. All right? Here are all the things... Involved in Phase 4, Black Widow. Of course. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Eternals. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh-huh. WandaVision. Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Loki. What if? Yes. Hawkeye. Mm. Thor, Love and Thunder. Yes. Blade. <laughs> and we have we have confirmation mutants and the Fantastic 4 are on the way. And as well as the next Avengers slash the next crossover movie. And there's going to be more Captain Marvel, right? Yes, and there's going to be more Captain Marvel. There's going to be more uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. There's more Spider-Man. Yes. 
Whether or not those will be included in Phase 4, I don't think they will be. And based on what we're seeing here, I think it's safe to say that it definitely won't be. I have a thought. I have a theory. Uh-huh. But let's... So, audience, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to pick apart every little thing, right? Because, <laughs> you know, we might touch on the TV shows a little bit, but in all honesty, it's still a little too early to to say what the TV shows will do. Um, I know I, for one, am going to get Disney+. Plus, So, it's not like yeah. we're not going to have the information for you. We're definitely going to talk about them. Um, but let's talk about the movies, because... In all honesty, we've talked about enough TV shows for for one night. <laughs> um, out of Phase Four, what's your favorite? What's what? Are, what are you hyped for? What's the movie Steve. you're like? I'm not gonna miss it. Stephen, you start. Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Lindley. Uh, that and uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yes, that one too. <laughs> I I have two as well. Uh, I kind of have three, but I'll just keep it to two. Blade. And Eternals. Huh. I know, I know. I know there's a re- there's a reason there's a reason that I'm I'm saying Eternals though. Hear me out. Think about uh Ant-Man. Mhm. Think about Gardens of the Galaxy. They took two properties, one of which most people didn't know about. Whatever, Dave. Most people didn't know about Guardians of the Galaxy, okay? At least not, especially not the, especially not that particular grouping of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And they made them into a household name. I think that the Eternals could be, potentially, could be a smash hit that is going to surprise people. I don't know. I could be I could be wrong, but there's just something about Marvel and these properties that everyone's like, really? Why are you doing that? They don't they never choose stuff that they don't have plans for. Eternals is important for some reason. There's a reason why they're telling that story. Why? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Um Thor Love and Thunder. Lindley. I'm so excited. Even the font just looks fun. I know. (laughs) And the fact, not only the fact that Taika Waititi is coming back to write and direct. Yes. But it, it, it had to take a lot to get Natalie Portman back. Did you, you, did you see my theory in the group about how they got her back? Not uh, not the meme I sent, but like, like I told Dave, I said this is exactly what they said to get her back. Did you read it? About who? The uh, about queens? About that? About queens? A, a possible? Oh. Yeah. Mm, I don't 
did she? Well, I don't. What did you say? Okay. What did you remind me? I said I was like I think that they got her back, but they said they told her that number one, we'll give you the hammer. Yep. Number two, we will put you in a relationship with Valkyrie. That yeah no that's what I think because because Valkyrie said he's looking for her queen. Was that what she says at the end of Endgame? No, that's what you said about the theory about who the queen is going to be. No, the queen is is Valkyrie. But she's also but it, they kept saying that she's looking for her queen. Oh, is that the plot? That's going to be part of her story. So that's why I was saying that she's going to be the queen. Oh, I don't like that. Because is it technically she's the king? You don't like it? I don't like that because it doesn't. Not the queen queen. Like Valkyrie's still going to be in charge. Right. But I don't, I don't like. Okay, here's why I don't like that. Did you ever read the, the Thor Jane Foster arc? I I know. I know how she becomes Thor. It is fantastic, and the it's tragic, but it, yeah, it it's is. Good. Well, she well well recently. I won't spoil it for anybody that reads comic books because it just happened. But listen, crazy stuff went down in the last Thor arc. Just just know, our girl Jane's all right. Um, but yeah, I mean it ends. I mean it's such a beautifully written and beautifully drawn storyline. Um, of Jane Foster, she she has cancer, and every time she picks up the hammer, every time she turns into Thor, it burns away her chemotherapy. So every time mm-hmm. she turns into Thor, it kills her. And I... She had this kind of, like, BS relationship with Falcon. That's not what I'm upset about. The thing that gets me... The thing that gets me is, like, I like the fact that Jane didn't need a love interest yeah. I like the fact that she was like, I'm just going to, I want to do this because it's right. And even when Thor's like, he's like, hey, how you doing, Jane? She's like, no, I'm good. You know, she didn't need anybody. So yeah. I would much rather it be a matter of, I mean, I kind of, I kind of like Valkyrie ending up with uh, Captain Marvel, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I can kind of see that. Yeah, like I would much rather that happen than for it to be Jane Foster, because I feel like then, again, she's so she's defined by her relationships now again. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's. I feel like it's a waste of a good. No, I agree with you. Yeah. But I do think that's what's going to happen. Now, having said that, I I fully expect her to end up with Valkyrie by the end of the movie. And Thor has, like, a moment of confusion, as <laughs> Thor can only have. He's like, uh... Question. Are we gonna get Fat Thor? I... <laughs> I would very much I... like to see Fat Thor again. What I don't want to see is a Rocky montage of him getting back into shape. No, I think what's gonna happen is... Oh, no. You know what's gonna happen? What? Remember in Infinity War when Quill says he's going to get a Bowflex? Yeah. I think Thor hogs the Bowflex. <laughs> and he and he gets cut and Quill does the same workout, but he still he still looks the same. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> I buy it. Um, Steve, what what do you expect from from Multiverse of Madness? I don't know. I just feel like you know. Because I know you like you really like Doctor Strange, the first one. I thought it was all right. Oh, it was all right. The action like scenes it. were really good. Yeah. The um, characters were okay. The uh, story was a little by the numbers, but it was a very entertaining film. And I feel like you know now that they've had a go at it, they can fine tune some of that and find more creative ways to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as you mention the word multiverse of madness, I mean, how could you not just go absolutely bonkers with that concept? Um, I think I was reading somewhere it's supposed to be Marvel's first horror movie. Yes. Yep. And it's going to have Wanda in it. Yeah. So see, there you go. This movie just sounds absolutely insane and awesome. But, like, not in a Guardians of the Galaxy-esque way, but, like, in a more traditional sorcerers doing crazy stuff kind of way. And you know what this could possibly lead into? I I think it's a very strong possibility. Go ahead. House of them? I... It's still possible! I think they... I think this is how you do it. I think that's how... I think Doctor Strange's movie... He's the his his movie was the first one that introduced the concept of multiverses. I think that you you double down on that, and I think Wanda makes her own multiverse. And I and I also I also think it is not a mistake that WandaVision is smack dab in between Shang Chi and the Legend mm-hmm. of the Ten Rings mm-hmm. and Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Uh-huh. I uh-huh. think that that is. I think that's very strategic. Um, I would not be surprised if, because here's what I'm here's what I'm envisioning for these TV shows. Whatever happens in the movies, that little break after a movie is released, that's when you release your TV show. Yep. So if you the end credits of movies, make it the first scene of the TV shows. Maybe not the first scene. Well, not I mean, because like, that's what. Well, like, well, that's what we got with uh, the extra scene in Endgame, which is the first scene of Spider-Man: Far From Home, and it didn't really work that well. Yeah, yeah, but they've but they've done that before, where they've shown like the first scene or something, because they did it at the end of uh, Captain America, because the end credit scene of that was more or less the first part of the first scene of Avengers but just yeah. but just like Cap's part yeah mm-hmm. like that's what I'm saying mm-hmm. like make it make it that like make it whatever thing maybe there's a character in Shang-Chi or like maybe the plot of Shang-Chi with the ten rings maybe like one of the rings gets rediscovered and Wanda finds it mm-hmm. and then that leads into WandaVision and then maybe like from the events of WandaVision, that leads into maybe maybe she makes her own uh, alternate universe. Interesting. And Doctor Strange, oh my god, I figured it out. And Doctor Strange goes into her universe. <gasps> yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I I I have like a. 
I have a theory. Could be wrong. A <laughs> film theory. A film theory. Thanks, Matt Pat. Um, can I just say though, I'm very excited that Mahershala Ali is playing Blade and not Wesley they, Snipes. They couldn't have picked anybody better. But you know what this means? Netflix shows ain't canon. Yeah, true. They're not canon. You can say they're in like a different universe or whatever, but they are not canon. And as much as it pains me, my real question is, what does that do for Runaways? And what does that do for Cloak and Dagger, both of which have acknowledged, or no, rather Cloak and Dagger at the very most, has acknowledged Luke Cage. Hmm. So it's like, what what do you do with that? With that form, with that little piece of storytelling, because essentially, then, are you saying that? I mean, the nice the nice thing is, what they've done in Endgame, they can easily any sort of they've get, they've given themselves a get out of jail free card. Any plot hole that you see, there's like oh, it was a, it was a different timeline. <laughs> a plot timeline. Yeah, it was a different. It was a different timeline. What do you what do you what do you want from us? This that's the timeline that Cap stayed in uh, stayed in the icicle. This is the this is the timeline where Quill doesn't wake up after they knock him out. But I will. I I am I am interested to see what they what they do with Blade and just. Just all of these. I mean, they're so they're so different, and it's like, where do you are these? Is this going to lead to an Avengers movie, or is this the first time where they don't lead up to an Avengers movie? Maybe they just lead up to a a team up movie. If that at all. Interesting. Yeah, because I mean, can you imagine a team of Blade, Thor? Uh, Clint's daughter. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Well, no, it's not going to be. No, Kate Bishop's not his daughter. Well, in this, he, in this, she is. No, she has a different name. She's not Kate. Is she not Kate? I thought her. I no. thought her daughter was named Kate. No, no, I don't think the daughter's named Kate. Kate Bishop's in it though. Yeah, Kate Bishop's in it, which I'm so excited about. Hmm. There was another character that's going to be in one of these. She's going to be in WandaVision. It's uh, Monica. Monica Rambeau. Yes. The grown-up version of her. She's going to be in WandaVision. So could we also get that going? I'd be okay with that. I mean, and then Falcon in the, in the Winter Soldier, they've explained like why that's, you know, why that's called that. Um, the, hey, hmm. wasn't there at one point going to be a, a Morbius movie? That's Sony. That's Sony. Oh, okay. That's still in the work. That's still in development. Like Jared Leto's super psyched about it, and I'm gonna need him to stay his little happy ass there, and <laughs> <laughs> and not go to Hot Topic anymore. <laughs> Here's the one thing I am upset about, though, guys. With Shang-Chi and what? The Legend of the Ten Rings. What? 
The Legend of the Ten Rings, they're probably going to bring the Mandarin in. But the real Mandarin. The real Mandarin. But he's not going to fight Tony Stark. Oh, R.I.P. Tony. <sighs> oh, well. Farewell, Tony. <laughs> I'm not mad at it because you know what? I love, I love that, um, I love that they are doing a movie like this featuring an Asian cast and I don't know I mean I've always thought she was good but apparently she must be better than I thought Aquafina that girl's showing up everywhere I'm okay with she's that. in every movie it feels like I'm like I'm so excited <laughs> to see the farewell yeah yeah I want to see that I really do um I I don't know I just feel like these uh, that that movie, that movie especially, could be very, very good. Um, especially like what they've done, what they did with like Black Panther. So to see something like Shang Chi, I think it's, I think mm-hmm. it's Marvel's answer to Iron Fist. Yeah. I think it's their apology to them. They're like, sorry, Iron Fist was crap. We'll give you Shang Chi. Who? Don't worry about it. You'll, we'll make up a household name by like the end of the summer. Don't worry about it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you seen Black Panther? Yeah, it's gonna be like that. It's gonna be like that, but it's gonna be very Asian. You're gonna love it. Oh my gosh! Also, I hear I went to uh, the my uh, my favorite group on Facebook, um, not Popcorn Prattle Film Talk Facebook group. Um, it was a, a journey of an extraordinary black black guy, black nerd. Excuse me. Someone already put out the the event listing for Blade Uh and was like, all right, they're like, all right, black people, remember what we (laughs) did for Black Panther? We're going to do the same thing for Blade. And I, I'm not going to lie. I, there was a part of, I I looked at it and I was like, damn right we are. (laughs) (laughs) I said, we are going to roll in there deep with our long leather jackets and sunglasses (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh everyone's gonna be a day walker <laughs> day walker oh man uh, it's gonna be good it is gonna, it's, it's, it's gonna be i mean i it's gonna be good and they haven't even they haven't even done like the big ones yet as far as mutants and fantastic four phase four looks bright i was a little worried not gonna lie like very worried. I think it's safe to say that Marvel just owns Comic Con at this point. Yeah, I mean, even Steven was like, "What else was there besides Marvel?" <laughs> He's like, "That's all I saw." But there was a lot. There was a lot that went on. We've talked about a lot. We talked about Star Trek: Picard, Snowpiercer, Carnival Row, The Witcher, Top Gun: Maverick, Watchmen, His Dark Materials. TV wise, we're gonna be straight. There's so much TV. There's so much to watch. Movie-wise, Marvel's still going to hold it down. And I can't wait for the latest horror movie, Cats, to come out. So, yeah. It's going to be terrifying. It's, so, it's going to be... Someone said, like... <laughs> someone, Thanks, Tom Hooper. Someone put out a meme of someone saying... Uh, it was like a, a news clipping. It said, It Chapter 2, Scariest 
uh, trailer at Comic Con, and it was like cats. <laughs> Cats comes up and says, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> Too true. Too true. Oh, so true. Well, guys, um, we have come to the end of our show. Audience, I hope that you have enjoyed it. What was your favorite moment of Comic-Con? Let us know in the comments. Tweet at us. We're everywhere. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We got a Facebook group. We're constantly talking about this stuff. Dave is holding it down by himself, and he's like, is anybody else going to talk to me? And I'm like, no. I'm just kidding. Everyone talks to him. Everyone's talking in there. Um, but if you want hey, Dave. if you want to talk to us one-on-one, Stephen, where can the folks at home reach you? Folks at home, head over to Blogger and follow me. Uh, follow my blog, Bailey's Film Workshop. Uh, you can also follow me on YouTube. Just type in Bailey's Film Workshop and you'll find my channel. See some cool videos. Yeah. Lindley, where can the folks at home reach you? Uh, folks at home, you can find me mostly on Instagram at Little Lottie. That's little L-O-T-T-I-E. Um, lots of cosplay stuff going on there. Um, also have a cosplay Facebook page, Little Lottie, uh, one word, cosplay. I am now writing for Outlander cast, so if you are a Sassanac like Marcus and I are, hey. which I'm so excited about, uh, be sure to apply to be featured as our uh, Sassanac Spotlight. We do it's my monthly kind of thing that I'm doing over there, and also by the by the time this podcast goes live, it will have been announced. But I'm so happy to be joining the team over at Universal Monsters Universe. Yeah. So that's gonna be fun. I'm gonna be doing a lot of stuff there. I'm doing a takeover this weekend. Um, so check that out. And yeah, so Universal Monsters Universe, um, as straight that on Instagram or also on Facebook. And of course, folks at home, uh, you can always find me on Twitter, you can find me on Instagram, uh, you can hit me up on Facebook. Uh, you can also hear me. I haven't been on the show in in a, in a minute because I've been on vacation. Uh, but I'm on Not So Famous with Mitchell Hansen. Um, his show comes on. I think his show is on a little bit of a break right now because that boy, you think I work hard, that boy works just as hard. <laughs> um, you can also hear me on a variety of different podcasts, um, audio dramas such as Continuum Force. Uh, as well as the upcoming ones that are in pre-production with uh, The Adventures of Beauty and the Beast uh, and Garbage Town, the musical. Uh, and uh, as of, it, it's not, it wouldn't be out, it won't be out by the time this recording comes out, I don't think. Um, but tomorrow, i.e. Monday, uh, it will be released. But I am featured on Pop Culture Cosmos, uh, yeah. where I'm talking all things Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And I have given a formal invitation because, guys, Quentin Tarantino's ninth film is coming out this Friday, tomorrow. Yeah, it is. As of our, like, as of our recording. So, I invited a guest to maybe do, like, a little bit of a review about it. Because this guy is awesome. He loves all things Tarantino. And I think you guys <laughs> would really dig him. Um, we're going to try to see if we can work that out. So don't don't quote me that we'll have a guest next time. We might. Uh, but you can also hear me on Pop Culture Cosmos. Go check out their podcast. Um, they are great people over there. And I cannot wait 
to watch another Tarantino film. Yeah. Sweet. So, audience, before we leave, we leave you with this. From all of us to all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now. Make good choices, Tom Hooper.